0: The well being window on Riviera Radio, and I'm joined by uh, Gavin Sharp. and uh, We're here to talk about what is trauma, Gavin. So, uh, before we go in, we've got to, quite a few questions have come in uh, that we've got to get through between now and 10 o'clock. But let's just start with first of all, we use the word trauma in everyday use. Can, for example, missing the English breakfast show be traumatic? <laughs> What's your
1: definition? Good morning. Well, I think missing the full English breakfast show is careless. I don't know about traumatic. Um, I I think you know trauma is really misunderstood. We use it so much in everyday language. Um, A friend of mine said to me the other day, "So, what can you give me an example of a Monaco trauma? Is it not being able to get into Louis Vuitton?" And I said, "Well, actually, we we use these words. It was so traumatic, but actually, we we use it often incorrectly. So." For me, the definition of trauma is um, we, we often think it's an event, and that's partly true. So trauma is there is an event or a series of events, and those events are typically so upsetting that they tend to overwhelm us. And the trauma is not the event itself, but it's how we respond to that event. And so, what typically happens is the event itself has ended, but our body doesn't realize it. And our body stays in this state of alertness. I hope we'll, we can talk more about that later. So, trauma actually comes from the Greek word wound. So, it's a psychological wound. And we talk about categories of trauma. So, sometimes we say a trauma is acute. It's a single event. When I first met you, Sarah, the very first time we met, you know what's coming next, you're smiling. <laughs> so you, you knocked a glass of water over me. That was a single event. I would argue it was stressful. I did have to leave the studio with wet trousers and everyone was saying to me... You
0: don't forget anything, uh, do you? Were, were you
1: nervous? Was it, was it traumatic? And I said, no, it was just... It was Sarah. So we have to separate a stressful event, single event, from traumatic. Then we talk about chronic trauma which is something which is repeated and prolonged um something like domestic abuse for example and we talk about complex trauma which is just multiple events so in summary it's our response to an event the events ended but the mind and body doesn't know it
0: Okay, well that leads me on to our first question up this morning. Hello Gavin, hello Sarah. If it's within the topic I would like to know the relationship between uh, traumatic and psychotic disorders. Uh, Can a trauma cause such a disorder? Can it wake up a sleeping one if that should exist? Can it boost an existing one or is there no connection? I would be grateful for an answer as there is a case in the family Uh, for the reason it would be helpful uh, to understand some uh, mechanism
1: mechanisms so it's tough without knowing more of what the psychotic disorder is and how long it's been there but i'll do my best to give you a general answer which is that very often um, especially early traumatic experiences they can be responsible for later psychosis so very often when someone presents with a serious mental health disorder um, with further investigation, there has very often been some early developmental trauma. And yes, trauma can lie dormant. Uh, and yes, it's possible that a, um, a, a triggering, a recollection of the trauma may also connect to the, um, the psychotic disorder. It doesn't mean that it's definitely connected, but I'd say there's a, there, there is a high probability and it wouldn't surprise me. With the caveat, as I say, of not knowing the specific circumstances of this person.
0: Okay, well, thank you. I hope that answers your uh, question. Uh, Next one up this morning is... Hi, Sarah. Hi, Gavin. Uh, Dictionary definition says, deeply depressing, disturbing experience. It gives example of death of a child. Surely this is many different things to different people. In my life, I was made redundant very unexpectedly after 36 years with the same employer. This was not really a surprise overall, as we knew cuts were coming, but the fact that it happened to me distressed me unbelievably. Hurt, shocked saddened massive blow to my pride and embarrassing Mm -hmm. what did my family think my colleagues at work in other businesses who knew me i cannot say how long it took to get over it's been 15 years and i still struggle to talk about it maybe a blow to my pride is the overwhelming thing how can i put it completely out of my
1: memory so it's it's a really good example of what we call kind of ongoing trauma potentially uh, which we'll talk about hopefully later sort of PTSD um, but you know that that work experience and this is where I think we we misunderstand trauma we think it has to be a one-off event and I, I'll come back to the question but I think just maybe giving some examples of what might be a traumatic experience and so anything which overwhelms us which was physically or emotionally threatening and so you know trauma can be, um, it can be bullying at school, it can be workplace harassment, it could be redundancy, as in this case, um, childbirth, um, natural disasters. So you, you sort of see these categories. So there's a sort of mass trauma, which is something that affects masses. It's a war, it's a hurricane. Um, we can have vicarious trauma because we've seen or witnessed someone else's trauma, Um happens a lot, has happened a lot in the pandemic with nurses and doctors on the front line. Um, insidious trauma, where we're part of a group. Um, so it could be racial trauma, homophobia. It's it's insidious because we don't really actually realise it's happened. Um, and, and then we have intergenerational trauma. So I think what this, this person writing has been, it's really helpful in saying, look, here's something that happened a long time ago, and I'm still suffering from it. And I think the answer is to be able to seek professional help. Um, sometimes what I do, which is talking therapy, can be helpful, and sometimes what I do isn't the answer. Because trauma stored in the body, we sometimes need to get at it somatically. So sometimes doing body work. Um, there's a therapy called EMDR, which is a form of um, tapping and visual stimulation. The point is that do seek professional help. Um, if you want me to give a really quick answer, I'll tell you one of the things that research has shown is amazing for healing trauma, and that's yoga. The, the combination of what it does to the mind and the body Um meditation, mindfulness, all of these are useful tools. But if this is something which is still causing you anxiety or flashbacks or dysfunction in your daily life, I'd say seek some professional help. Okay, well I hope that
0: helps you and answers your question. Uh, Going back to the original email, that the first one we had in, they've given a bit more information uh, saying, the psychotic disorder is schizophrenia
1: and there were severe problems giving birth to the person so having just said yes you know um childbirth um childbirth which is a um a difficult childbirth unsurprisingly someone's life feels under threat it's overwhelming it makes absolute sense that that can be incorporated as a trauma and here's the thing about trauma we sometimes we just get on with life mm-hmm. so we we don't know it we don't pay attention to it we think well i'll push on through And yet we have these flashbacks or constant anxiety or panic attacks or we start developing severe mental health and actually what we're missing is underneath it was a really threatening experience. So it makes a lot of sense to me. So the trauma can go, like you say, completely
0: unnoticed or uh, maybe at the time but can be a result of maybe your behaviour later
1: on in, in life? Yes, and it's also it's also the story that we tell ourselves afterwards. And so two people can experience, have the same experience, but have a very different response to it. So why is that? And there's a whole number of factors, but we also know that depending on our support system um, at the time, that's the difference between something becoming traumatic and being internalized, or actually being processed at the time. Because think about being a parent. There are so many things that happen to a child that are potentially traumatic. You know, I've, I've fallen off the swing and broken my leg. And, but you know, if mum and dad are there and that's okay, or you know, someone got bitten by a dog, or, and the parents are there to be emotionally present and physically present, that moves from being something which might have been traumatic that actually becomes stressful. So depending on who was around us at the time, um were we'll we able to talk about it, were we'll we supported? And there's so much shame and you know we're you know again um for for women childbirth is supposed to be society's base it's supposed to be this amazing experience and it's the time like, and then you I've done
0: it. I certainly never thought
1: that one
0: minute. There it's, you are. It's
1: hideous. But, but, it's not very, it hasn't been for many years, not that popular. Look, I've got a cold, I know what childbirth <laughs> is like. But seriously, there is this, a lot of women feel a lot of, uh, feel shame to say, you know what, what you just said. Absolutely it was bloody awful. Awful, no, it was, yeah. But I mean, it, thank God everything went well,
0: yeah. but yeah,
1: no, I don't. So so we we, we tell ourselves a story of, um, we carry the shame. So if the childbirth um, was awful because i guessing giving childbirth is awful and there were some complicated factors mm. there is so much shame so we bury it and it just sits inside us but how do
0: you avoid not maybe dwelling on it? I mean, if like you just said, you gave the example of falling off a swing when you're a child and your parents being there, so maybe you turn that what would have been a traumatic instant into not being so traumatic. But how, surely you have to have, so there's a fine line between dwelling on or maybe levels of things that are traumatic and not dwelling on things that in actual fact weren't that traumatic. I think if
1: it's not causing you a problem in your daily life so you sleep fine you don't have um lots of um uh, body ailments stomach aches or um sometimes sexual dysfunction is related to trauma um depression anxiety if these things aren't showing up in your life the chances are you're not sitting with a trauma and you might remember gosh remember that time when uh, you know i was in that car accident or remember the time but actually it hasn't had an effect on me. I don't need to dwell on it. Mm, okay. But if it's causing me some some dysfunction and some problems in my daily life, probably need to pay attention to it. OK. And
0: uh, you mentioned just a moment ago a mass trauma, which leads me on uh, to the next email from a listener saying, good morning. Uh, what advice might you have for me when my husband appears traumatised by the war in Ukraine? We live in France, but he has family living close to the border. How do I convince him it will end one day?
1: Oh, that's such a moving question. And I would say maybe to resist the temptation to rescue I mean obviously from a place of love and to persuade him that it will end and maybe just to be with him in that in that place of pain Uh, because um, the the impact of trauma um, particularly if there's family we're talking about you know vicarious trauma where we see or we hear someone else's trauma so actually i would probably encourage him to be able to talk about it to express it again if it's really causing distress to seek professional help do lots of physical exercise to do yoga um what we know is that if we try to suppress it or bury it or minimize it and we do it from a place of love and we want to reassure someone it's not that bad and hopefully it will be okay we're kind of missing their reality which is that this is causing me potentially physical and psychological distress and we need to be with that person to acknowledge it because it's not going to go away on its own
0: Yeah, there's actually a second part to to, to this email that's just uh, popped up. It goes on to say, same person, we had worldwide COVID and many other issues. I and many others feel stressed by the Ukraine war. Uh, Do you think there'll be any progress next year?
1: Any progress with the... Well, I'm not sure. ask that with the, Ukraine with the Ukraine war. I mean, you know, I'm 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 a therapist. I'm not sure I'm qualified to to, to answer that. But I, I what it does make me think about is how do we manage ourselves during a time when if this is going to go on, and, and some experts are saying it's going to go on for another year, how do I manage that? How do I limit? You know, how do I manage my mental health? And I think we've discussed before on this program in terms of limiting the news, the amount of time I spend looking at the news. So I acknowledge that it's causing me distress. I talk about it. I might want to be part of a support group of other people with relatives in Ukraine. I need to be able to pay attention to what's happening in my mind and body. Because if I take a step back, what trauma is, is what it does to us is it keeps us in this fight or flight mode the whole time. So, if I've had a trauma experience, my brain and body get absolutely going and motoring and my nervous system prepares me for danger. And when I say the body doesn't know it's over, the body stays hypervigilant. So the body thinks there is danger when there might not be danger. So I'm constantly alert. And what we need to do is to work on our minds and our bodies so that we don't stay in that state of alertness.
0: Okay, Gavin Sharp, it's the well-being window on uh, Riviera Radio. We're talking about what is trauma. Taking your questions at studio at rivieradio.mc. Uh, we're going to take a break for the news, sports and weather, the What's On Guide and the Riviera Radio job line. And we'll be back after that. A uh, question coming up is about uh, can a relationship be traumatic? 41. It's the well-being window on Riviera Radio. If you've just joined us, I'm with Gavin Sharp uh, from Riviera Wellbeing. And we're talking about what is trauma. A studio at Rivieradio.mc. If you have a question you'd like to put to Gavin uh, between now and uh, 10 o'clock. So, Gavin, moving on swiftly. Uh, Just before the break, I mentioned that the next question up from a listener is about traumatic relationships. She says, hello, Sarah. I think Gavin is talking about trauma today. He also talks about relationships often. My question is, can relationships be
1: traumatic? Some of mine certainly feel like they are. So the simple answer to the question is yes. And um, the signs are that we we sometimes attach to a person who isn't healthy, um, often dangerous and the signs to look for is if that relationship is based upon some form of shame or exploitation or danger um or threat then that's the sign of a traumatic relationship and you know we talk about it's potentially a, a show in itself traumatic bonds and this is an example of a traumatic bond and sometimes we actually if we've had trauma growing up we repeat the trauma in those adult relationships so um well into the future we repeat the pattern so if you're someone who's attracted to people who can't care for you in a healthy way or there's exploitation or shame or some kind of abuse um and if you're aware of it sorry if you're not aware of it but other people around you are sort of saying this isn't a healthy relationship th- these are signs of 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 a trauma bond and again to seek professional help because they're really you know we touched upon this i think in the show on narcissism they're really difficult relationships to break free of
0: okay well, i hope that answers your question uh, moving on hi sarah and gavin my grandmother always said time heals all wounds
1: does it Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hurt someone's grandmother here. Um I would say Well no, old
0: and it can't because you'd be out of a job if it did.
1: <laughs> exactly. No, the answer's no. Um actually I think the answer is no. Because I think with trauma, um yes, trauma can lie dormant for a long time. It's really interesting with the developmental trauma because sometimes we come to therapy and someone will say, oh, I had no trauma, everything was fine. And then they'll say, well, yes, my parents divorced at 10 years old. Uh, I watched them have the most brutal arguments before. Doesn't mean it's a trauma, but it's possible if at the time for a 10-year-old boy or girl, that was overwhelming. So I would say if there is a trauma and there has been this really serious incident in which your life felt threatened or um overwhelmed you and um, time is not going to heal it mm. so trauma needs to be um you know needs professional help it needs someone to work with us to be able to work with the trauma. Yeah, to be able
0: to, I guess, pinpoint it and know exactly what you're going back to and, yeah. and resolve it, because otherwise you go on like some of our earlier emails, you continue, th- I mean, it was years later, wasn't it, it was only 15
1: years it, later? It, the- it's a really good example of a trauma, which mm. which goes on for years, and you know, we talk in therapy really about how do we integrate a trauma, because the incident won't go away, the incident happened uh, if it was an earthquake, if it was a car accident, if it was bullying at school that can't change so we don't necessarily recover in this in in that sense but we learn to integrate it we learn that the, the after effects the anxiety or the panic attacks or the flashbacks we learn to be able to manage them and minimize them so they become you know less frequent and less onerous
0: Okay, thank you. And moving on, uh, good morning, Sarah and Gavin. I think my husband uh, had a really difficult childhood and experienced trauma. He's adamant that his childhood was great. So can he have had trauma and not know it? How can I help him see that his childhood was actually uh, not that good?
1: So again, it's a a tricky one because it depends how he responded to it at the time what support he had and i I hear this a lot with couples where they'll sit there and look at me and say well it's obviously his mother traumatized him i mean look at him look just look at him his mother you agree with me don't you they're nodding sort of furiously and i'm like well i don't know let's let him speak um and then sometimes that might have been traumatic what happened in the uh in the early childhood or it might have just been really stressful so Yes, we can have had trauma and we can have um, repressed it. So we disassociate. We, you know, the brain compartmentalizes. The brain protects us from this danger um, at the time so we can survive it. And then years later, it doesn't, it's not serving us well. So it's possible that he's had trauma and doesn't acknowledge it as trauma. Or it's possible that your interpretation of it is, gosh, that must have been really difficult. And it was, but not necessarily traumatic.
0: Okay, well, I hope that answers your question. Hi, Sarah and Gavin, before coming to France. I spent many years working as a PA in a company with a toxic culture. I used to come home and cry, and I'm not exactly a shrinking violet. It was part of my decision to leave and start again. I love it here, and I'm settled, but I still have nightmares about that job and the people. Gavin, what can I do? I'm not sure if this qualifies as trauma,
1: but I would really like to leave it behind me once and for all. So again, I, I, I don't know whether it qualifies as trauma. Having flashbacks and having nightmares is certainly um, signs that something might have been traumatic. And again, if I take a step back, I was talking before about you know the impact of the brain. If I put it simply, what trauma does to us is that we overuse parts of the brain that monitor danger, and we underuse parts of the brain that are responsible for joy for relaxing for relationships so i would kind of look and sort of ask yourself am i someone that spends a lot of my life hypervigilant am i often worried that there's danger do i find it difficult to enjoy life or relax or relationships um, if those you know if those boxes are ticked for you then i would look to do seek some some help some support um, All the physical stuff that we mentioned earlier like yoga and physical exercise but look at doing some therapy because if it's something that is still haunting you today there's probably something that's unprocessed and when you look i think it was arianda grand when when you know she was the singer at the manchester terrorist attack it was Mm. during her concert and with the permission of her doctors she published a picture of her brain before and after the trauma. Oh, really? And what she showed, which is, you know, she, you, you can see the parts of the brain that are necessary for survival and danger. Those parts were lit up. Mm. And, I mean, if you Google it, you'll, you'll find the brain scan. And, you know, you don't need to be, and I'm not a, a brain expert, but you can see the difference between before and after. So, you know, now the good news is the brain neurons have plasticity um, and we can change them by new experiences. But time to go to the other question time alone is not going to heal mm. that wound for her
0: okay and uh, a final question hi gavin and sarah Gosh, they're
1: coming in aren't they this morning
0: <laughs> i certainly are i've read an article recently about intergenerational trauma what is it exactly does it mean that we're all destined to have some trauma because it passes down through generations merci beaucoup and have a good day
1: this again is a sort of a a, a topic sort of all on its own but um intergenerational trauma is fascinating and yes on some level all of us whether we're aware of it we are all carrying the traumas of our ancestors on some level so this came about there was a um her name will come back to in a minute there was a researcher rachel yehuda and she studied the survivors of the holocaust She also then went on to to study the survivors and their descendants of the 9-11 attacks. And she was curious, how does trauma pass biologically? Because what she noticed was that the children of the Holocaust survivors, they were having the same hypervigilance and the same panic attacks as their parents. They were having exactly the same nightmares without knowing some of the scenarios that their parents had gone through. And so what she was able to see is how trauma actually has an impact on changes actually on some level our DNA. So what we're pretty sure of is that trauma does pass down biologically Uh, and one of the reasons why when I meet people for the very first time I'll ask them a little bit about their family of origin and I'll ask them sometimes to do a genogram not just about parents but what do you know about your grandparents what do you know about your great-grandparents because sometimes um, what they're presenting in the therapy is they're carrying someone else's trauma and they don't even know it okay so we've defined what
0: tra- trauma is and as you say seeking a therapy to identify maybe the trauma that happened in your life how can maybe people who want to come and see you and and have that therapy how how can you actually say obviously I'm, i know you can't give like a time span to how long it's going to take somebody to get over a trauma but are there some traumas uh, something traumatic always have an impact on our lives or do we can we actually recover from it
1: i think we have the i think we have the potential as i said before i think we have the potential to integrate it i think that again if i go back to how we started the show we think about the fact that trauma is a wound what do wounds do they leave scars and so the scar might be there but we find a way to have healthier coping mechanisms so we find a way to for our body to let go of the trauma so you know sometimes some therapists will specialize in um, exposure therapy which is that you really gently begin to look at the memory that keeps coming back and the flashbacks because gradually they become less overwhelming um, sometimes we do cognitive behavioral therapy which is that we change the beliefs that are associated with the trauma that are impacting our life. All men are bad, um, all work environments are toxic, and we're, we're carrying these beliefs. We're, we're looking at ways that the trauma is impacting someone's functioning. I mentioned EMDR, I'm not an EMDR therapist, I'll sometimes refer someone to them, which is this, um, it's called eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And what this does is it diverts the patient with eye movement or tapping and it allows them to process the trauma and so this bilateral stimulation activates different parts of the brain so sometimes just talking about the trauma is too overwhelming i can ask someone who's bringing a scenario well i wouldn't but you know if someone is talking about a rape scenario if they're not able to describe it or talk about it I'm not going to go directly and ask them about it so mm-hmm. we'll we'll find a way to look at how it's showing up, but there might be some specific type of therapy because again, what happens is trauma memories can be implicit, which means that they're they're unconscious they're fragmented, and so um, we need to treat the parts of the brain that store those implicit memories um, and if you think about you know think about me too and there was how many people afterwards spoke out. And, and at the time, I wrote an article um, in The Independent. I think it was around the Harvey Weinstein um, scenario. And Anne Robinson had written about women should just uh, get it together and, you know, stop making a big fuss of it. And I was both professionally and personally offended by that. And I also disagree with it clinically. And so I wrote a response to Anne Robinson, um, which was if you've ever had trauma you know it can lie dormant you have fragments you you if you froze at the time of the trauma you might have spent years being slightly frozen and then something triggers it something reminds us that there's something there suddenly other people are speaking out we have less shame and what was so powerful and wonderful in in that sense about the me too movement were people coming forward and saying actually I'm remembering something. I want to speak. I want to be seen. That's part of the processing of it.
0: Okay. Yeah. A well, very good example. And uh, but it, when you go back to look at a trauma, is is there how how can you be sure of how you recollect the events? Because our, our memory too can surely play tricks on us. And and depending on how long ago it was, how does through your work, how do you see people uh, reacting to maybe telling you about a trauma and and being correct on on the actual events of what happened because we do remember things well between different people differently for a start Mm -hmm. different experiences through your experience how do you see that
1: when you're dealing with someone who's had a traumatic experience it's a great question sometimes the the detail um will stay blurry so for example someone who has experienced um abuse growing up and they might say, actually, I don't remember all the details, mm. um, but what I had to, to survive, I had to focus on the wallpaper, or I can remember a, 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 an aftershave scent. or. And so, actually, the memory will stay fragmented. And we don't need the memory to be complete. What we need is that the impact, remembering the trauma is not the abuse, it's the response, it's the body's response. We want the body to know that you're safe now. We want the body to be able to, um, the brain and body, the body to tell the brain that, it's okay, I've got you. You don't need to be hypervigilant. And so in some respects, the actual detail are not that important for the recovery. It gets really complicated when there's a court case and you've got a very intelligent barrister mm. uh, who then says, well, how come you can't remember something that happened mm. 20 years ago that was so important to you? And unfortunately, that is the way the brain works uh, and we may never be able to recall it in its entirety. Okay, Gavin Sharp, well, we've run out of time again. Would you like to conclude on, on what is trauma? Yes. And, and, and firstly, let me say if anything that I've said in this last hour it has made you feel uncomfortable in terms of uneasy. This is stirring something up. I really encourage you to do something about it, to talk about it. When you leave the show, keeping the radio on, of course, but go do some exercise, get some connection with friends or a loved one, because you know this is a topic which may well trigger other people's trauma. Um, Someone, I don't know who it was, sent me a WhatsApp that said, I think every man, hang on, I I think every man should give birth at least once, preferably (laughs) twice. So that was my comments on childbirth. Um, Trauma is, we often think it's an event or a series of events. And my summary is that trauma is not the event itself. Trauma is how we respond to it. And um, even though we assume it needs to be something huge like uh, abuse or natural disaster, or it can be more subtle, it can be ongoing. And if there are signs that you struggle to function in daily life, it's possible that something was traumatic. And I'll leave you with what I said before. So there's some hope, which is we, we are able to integrate and function, even if we've had really um, immense traumas, it is possible. Gavin Sharp
0: from Riviera Wellbeing, thank you very much, uh, what have you got in store for us oh. next month then? Oh,
1: uh, well I think we got a bit lighter maybe well, next spring month. Spring is in the air, we April <laughs> raw, isn't it? Spring is in the air. Um, I was thinking about, I haven't decided for sure, but I was thinking about maybe taking a big step back because somebody actually asked me this week and it prompted me, we've never really spoken about it. How do I know if I need therapy and what's the difference between therapy and counseling and coaching um, so I was thinking maybe just going almost back to kind of you know the beginning and saying okay well um, this is how i'd know and this is what counseling or therapy will give you how long would i be in therapy for and yeah maybe taking a step back and 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 um in case everyone's drowning in their cornflakes it'll be a bit lighter
0: okay great so that's the next uh well-being window on uh, uh riviera radio with gavin sharp Would be the first wednesday of april and yeah uh, well, what is therapy and do i need it <laughs> how, how long have you got gavin? <laughs> i'm gonna have fun with
1: that one i can tell you thank you very much sarah and for so all the, the the questions i've done my best to answer them I hope I did them justice. And yeah, thank you, everybody.
0: Gavin Sharp from Riviera Wellbeing, thank you. The best of the Riviera. Paul Kavanagh, the director of Riviera Radio, is with me. Paul, how are you? Oh, good, good, Sarah.
2: Uh, you know, it was World Radio Day just uh, a week or two ago, and I probably should have popped in on World Radio Day because there's been a lot of great news around Europe and around the world about radio listening. Uh, Just to give you some of the figures quickly, 90% of people still listen to the radio weekly and 80% of people all across Europe, in France and around here, listen to the radio daily, so it's really going well. 17% of people listen to podcasts on a weekly basis and in the latest studies it shows that radio, of all media, is the most trusted uh, media. And also we're seeing in the UK, we're just waiting for some of the numbers from France, but in the UK we can see that the uh, advertisers have had their best year ever using radio in the UK. And what about Riviera Radio, Paul? Riviera Radio, all going good, thanks. Um, More and more advertisers are coming on board with us. There's more and more people listening to us, not through radios, but through smartphones, Uh, through uh, smart speakers and also nowadays it's not just about listening to Riviera Radio because we're on all platforms you can also read Riviera Radio for example we email the news to 5,000 people every morning we've got hundreds of thousands of people looking at the news on our website so it's all really going well and you know um, on the business side we're really busy there too we're almost booked out for the Grand Prix the tennis in monaco the Cannes film festivals coming up and also i know it's september but already we're setting up the deals for both the can and the monaco yacht shows because we've been partners in those for the last 25 years so all's good and um, i want to just thank our advertisers and thank all the people who are listening now who really uh, make riviera radio what it is
0: You are enjoying a special mix of music from Riviera Radio. We select only the very best songs from the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and today. It's the right mix right now. We play more music than any other station. One great song after another, after
2: another. We love the music as much as you. We are 106.5 Riviera Radio.
1: Need to service your life jackets and immersion suits? Think Chantier Kellar for service and supply of life jackets and immersion suits. Pickup and delivery on board. Fast and effective service. Classification approved. Kellar, 20 years as your life-saving
2: supplier. Log on to kellar.quelart.com. tcom
0: the Monte Carlo Philharmonic Orchestra presents a recital by violin prodigy Daniel Lozakovich, accompanied by pianist David Frey in a 100% Bach program. The performance is taking place on Sunday the 5th of March at 6 p.m. at the Auditorium Rainier III. Find out more at opmc.mc. <laughs> It's just gone 10 o'clock, taking a look at the international news headlines. uh, uh, Two trains have collided in northern Greece, killing at least 36 people and injuring dozens of others. Uh, The FBI director has said that the Bureau believes COVID-19 most likely originated in a Chinese government-controlled lab. And in the UK, YouTube has been accused of collecting and viewing data of children aged under uh, 13. cloudy, light rain is forecast, a moderate breeze, highs of 14 degrees in Cannes, Nice, Antibes and Monaco, 12 degrees in Toulon and Saint-Tropez, sunny with highs of just 10 degrees in Marseille and this evening going down to 8 degrees with clear skies. The out of tomorrow and Friday, fine with light winds and highs of 14 to 15 degrees. Uh, Thank you for listening, thank you for all your emails, Uh, thank you also for your questions for uh, Gavin Sharp and the Riviera Wellbeing window which We'll be back uh, next um, month. It's on the first Wednesday of every month. And also congratulations to Graham in Antibes who won the pop quiz uh, this morning and has won himself two tickets to the volleyball in Cannes. uh, VIP tickets along with a a lunch as well, thrown in as well. I'll be back uh, tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock with the Full English Breakfast Show. Do hope you can join me. I'll be shouting to the top. The Style Council. Have a great Wednesday. Take care. Speak to you tomorrow. Bye.